0: Welcome to the Divorce Recovery Podcast. My name is India Kern. My intention is to encourage and guide you through the valley of divorce. It doesn't matter what stage you are in because we all need a little help navigating the road from married to divorced. I've been there and I know how it is. So sit tight, listen up, and enjoy the podcast. In today's episode, I'm talking to Amanda Singer, who is the co-owner and a professional family mediator of San Diego Family Mediation Center. So today we plan to unpack some myths around mediation and divorce. Welcome, Amanda. I'm so happy to have you here because this topic seems to be one of struggle when when people are facing divorce. Well, thank you so much for having me today. Of course. So first, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, What made you choose family mediation? Yeah, so...
1: I first learned about mediation when I was in college, and I took a class on, it was like mediation, negotiation, and conflict resolution. And so it was really the first time that I found that mediation was an option, and it was a career option. So I took some time off before I went back to grad school, and Mm -hmm. when I was going back to law school, I knew I was interested in mediation. I had kind of done more research and was like, okay, I really want to do mediation. And so I only applied to and focused on schools that had mediation programs. Okay. So I ended up doing my law degree at Chapman University, which is up in Orange County, and mm-hmm. then I did my master's in dispute resolution at the same time at Pepperdine. Okay. Pepperdine's got an amazing dispute resolution program. And so kind of combining the two, I was able to really focus on mediation and learning conflict resolution skills, and it was like communication in conflict, psychology of conflict, things like that, okay. and combine that with a legal education to, you know, be able to be be a good mediator and go into that, you know, straight coming out of law school.
0: Right, right. Well, for the listeners out there who are facing divorce, why might you recommend mediation? Like, what are the benefits? Yeah, so
1: there's a lot of benefits with mediation, and I think sometimes the thing is, is people don't even know it's an option. So they may be faced with, you know, realizing that they're going to be going through a divorce, and they automatically think, I've got to hire an attorney. Right. So, you know, re- you know, really letting people know the benefits of mediation, and there's, you know, many of them. I think that one of the main ones that people really think about is, of course, the time and the cost, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the cost of hiring an attorney can be astronomical. Right. And- and you know, with mediation, we do all flat fees, uh-huh. so you know they're going to know up front this is what it's going to cost, and have that peace of mind of being able to keep the assets that you acquired and not have to pay an attorney from them. Right. Um, but you know, one of the bigger benefits I see really is the control that people get to maintain over the process. Mm-hmm. So you know, in mediation, it's working with a third party like myself who remains neutral, mm-hmm. and the parties really get to make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. So you know. I'm always there, I say, to facilitate the conversation, to um, sometimes make suggestions and come up with ideas, really being able to think outside the box. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's up to them to say, yes, I want to do that or no, I don't. And right. when people make their own decisions as opposed to a judge who doesn't know them and doesn't know right. their kids saying you have to do something this way, they're more likely to stick with it. And right. you know, studies really have shown that you know when you have the control over what you do, they're likely to not go back on those agreements right right Mm.
0: and what about is it is it also a privacy thing um because you aren't on the public record of course your msa is but yes um, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah.
1: So, and I don't think many people know this, mm-hmm. but um, anything you file with the court in a divorce is a public record. Mm-hmm. So, if you wanted to go down to any of the family courts and pull anyone's divorce right. file, you can, and that's a little scary to think about because no sometimes kidding. there's a lot of information in there. So, with mediation, everything remains confidential in the mediation sessions, and we file the least amount of paperwork possible. So, we're not following filing any of their court paper, or sorry, any of their financial information, Uh uh what we're doing is we're exchanging that and then they're signing saying they did it, but we're keeping it amongst us so that it's not public. And even there's an opportunity to do what we call a confidential settlement agreement so Mm -hmm. that even their whole MSA or marital settlement agreement isn't public. So it really provides for a lot more privacy than you'd
0: have otherwise. Absolutely. So uh, when is mediation your best option? Can you share with me like what kind of I mean, I know you have all different kinds of clients, but tell me someone that you think would really best fit the mediation option.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think, like I said at the beginning, a lot of times people don't know it's an option, um, but it really is for many people. Now, Mm -hmm. there are going to be some situations where it's not, and I think we can talk about that too. Mm -hmm. But I think really mediation is an option for anybody who, you know, doesn't want to go to court, Mm -hmm. who may, they may not agree on anything, but they know that they want to sit down and come up with their decisions themselves. Right. Um, And they don't want to spend the years that it can take in court. Yes. And the stress that it takes on them and their family. Mm -hmm. I think especially when there's kids involved, um, mediation really allows the two parents to start from a point of working together. Mm -hmm. And when you have kids with someone and you're getting divorced, you have to stay co-parenting with them for the rest of your life Absolutely, and it doesn't matter you know what happens with you guys you still have kids together and so you know, being able to start from a point of agreeing as mm-hmm. appo- as opposed to starting from a point of fighting right. really allows for a better co-parenting relationship. And really what's important is the kids yeah. and making sure that they're happy and healthy. And, you know, mediation I think is very good when there's kids involved. And even when there's not, or when kids are grown, because sometimes people don't think about that when they've got adult children, right. uh-huh. um, but they still feel it too. And even if, you know, we're not talking about it in mediation as a parent, Plan or a mm-hmm. you know because they're not minors, there are still a lot of issues that come along with adult children during divorce. Right. So you know just you know being able to work with someone um, and anyone who really says you know we don't want to go to court, we don't want to spend that money. Sometimes they even may already have ideas of how they want to do things, right. and they don't need an attorney or a judge telling them, oh, that's not how
0: you're going to do it. Right. Right. No, that makes total sense. So. When is mediation not an option? So I think the biggest time mediation is not an option is if there's been
1: any uh, domestic violence. Mm-hmm. So um, whether that's physical, emotional, financial, and that doesn't mean that none of my cases have that, but if there's a restraining order, right. especially, um, we won't do mediation. Now there are some people who will, um, but we've just found that usually when there's a restraining order, there's such a power imbalance that it's really hard to do mediation because somebody is going to kind of take over and take control. Right. Um, now, there are times where there may have been some in the past and the parties are still agreeable and there's not a current restraining order but the parties are agreeable to sitting down and doing it and then as the mediator I really have to be aware um, and work with them to make sure that one person isn't really taking over and using their power that they may have had during the marriage and often what we'll do then is we may meet individually so Uh I may spend some time where I'm with one spouse and then with the other to be able to give the spouse who may not feel comfortable um, right. and feel like they don't have as much power to still have those conversations right what
0: about if you have trust issues about the finances mm-hmm. what, what do you do in that scenario? Yeah. so again because mediation is
1: voluntary um you know, one of, we're not doing discovery. We're not mm-hmm. um, doing subpoenas and, you know, trying to compel someone to produce documents. However, as part of the mediation process, um, we do require our clients to disclose everything. So mm-hmm. no matter how you go through divorce in California, you have to disclose all of your financial information, like right. assets, debts, income, and expense information. And so we are telling them they have to do that and they are, you know, providing us with that information. Um, but if somebody really wants to hide something Um, We're not, again, doing discovery. Now, what I will say is I always let people know the consequences of not. That
0: was my next question. What is the consequence? So, yeah, so there are
1: consequences of not disclosing information. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in California specifically, if you don't disclose an asset, for example, a bank account, Mm -hmm. and it's later found out that you have it, not only can the court still have jurisdiction to divide it, but they can Mm -hmm. actually award it 100% to the other person. So, you know, letting people know that there are consequences, um, but you know there does have to be some level of trust and disclosure. And I right. do, you know, part of our mediation agreement, and I always let clients know is if I ask for a document and you don't produce it, that's a reason for us to stop mediation. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you know, if some, if the, if one person asks, you know, I want to see the last year of statements, and we've only have the current statements, well, right. they're allowed to. Right. So you know, if somebody's going to say no, well, then mediation isn't the right option. Right. But right. you know, most of the time, it's letting people know, okay they're going to get the same documents if you go to court. Right. So why not right. just produce them voluntarily?
0: Exactly. What are some of the biggest misconceptions or myths around mediation that you see people have when they come into your office? Mm-hmm. So I think one
1: of them is the, like, mediation isn't for everyone, right? I mean, as you heard me say, I think most people it is for. Uh Um, So knowing or thinking, oh, we have to agree on everything to come to mediation. That's what I hear a lot of times. And no, I wouldn't have a job if you agreed on everything. But the idea is just that you need to be agreeable to sit Mm -hmm. down together and come to mediation. Mm -hmm. So I certainly think that that's one of them. Um, Another thing that we hear often is, you know, can I mediate if I already have an attorney? So sometimes people might start in the court process. They hired an attorney because that's what they thought they had to do. Or their spouse hired an attorney and it just put them on the defensive. So they did as well. Uh Um, But they may have an attorney already. They may be partway through the process, but they may not be getting anywhere. They may realize they're spending a lot of money and a lot of time and it's stressful. Um, But they may think that they can't go back go to back. mediation mm-hmm. yeah and I think that that's but you can. you can you can you totally I can. didn't know that so yeah that's good know. I, it really you can mediate at any Me time cool. and you know a lot of my clients have attorneys either that they had retained or that they are consulting with somebody to give them advice because even mm-hmm. though I'm a licensed attorney when I work as a mediator I'm not representing my clients right. so I'm only um, I'm acting as a neutral only and so they can still have that attorney or um, or sometimes the clients are just done with attorneys and they right. get rid of them and they finish stuff in mediation. Right. So I guess it's really knowing that there's it's never too late. Right. To you want to can mediate.
0: have your attorney look over something, but yeah. still go to and mediation. And I always advise
1: that. Right. I think right. it's important to have
0: that. Yeah. See, I didn't know that. That uh, was something I didn't know either. Yeah. So I am learning something as well. Yep. So um, moving right along, uh, what should the listeners know before finding a mediator? Yeah, so that's that can be a tough
1: thing. Um, you know, myself and my company, so San Diego Family Mediation Center, we only do mediation. Mm-hmm. So I have a business partner and um both of us though only focus on mediation. Mm-hmm. But what you'll see is that's not really that common. So there are not many places in San Diego who only do mediation and and do it full time. Okay. So I don't do any litigation, she doesn't do any litigation. We're just focusing on working with clients as a neutral. Okay. And because of that that's where our strengths are mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so we're not looking at this as a mini litigation or not looking at this as oh well I only mediate sometimes no right. this is what it is all the time and I think that that's important because you know some people may not have the same training uh-huh. now and I, I don't know if you know this but there's not a there's not a certification or a designation you have to have to be a mediator so you'll find that most mediators like myself might be a licensed attorney right. but they don't have to be right. um, they may have some mediation training or a masters like I do, but they don't have to. to. And so it's really understanding what are the, you know, I say credentials, but it's more than just the names, letters behind their name. It's really about the experience um, that they have. So, you know, I'm also a CDFA, which is a certified divorce financial analyst. Uh And so is my partner. And so that gives us an extra layer of understanding the finances and being able to help clients through it. So I think when you're interviewing mediators, it's really understanding, do they do this? full-time and what are their qualifications and experience Mm -hmm. to be doing mediation and then I think of course lastly it's always going to be who do you jive with right? right you know of course do you like the person do you feel comfortable with them just like with anything, a lot of it is about going with your gut. Like, if you don't feel comfortable with a mediator, they're not the right person to work with for you. Yeah. And that doesn't say anything even necessarily about the mediator, right. but just, you know, always meeting with them. We always offer free consults, and I'd say most do. Uh-huh. Take advantage of that. Be able to go and meet them. Um, and I will say to people, too, I think it's good to meet more than one. You know, I'm not right. offended when somebody says, oh, right. well, of you know, course. we have another couple meetings set up. I say, that's good. You know, mm-hmm. just make sure you ask these
0: questions. Right. Well, that's good information. So, what kind of preparation do you need to do or is required before you go to mediation?
1: So, you know, the first time that clients come in, they don't necessarily have to have done anything. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want them. To, I don't want people to feel stressed out. Right. We ask people to fill out a short intake for consults. Uh-huh. And that's only so I have a little bit of information about who the person is that's coming, you know, both right. the spouses that's coming in to meet with me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, once we start mediation, like I talked about, there are the financial disclosures. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a little different depending on, you know, who you're working with. Right. For us, we've put together our own kind of financial packet that mirrors the court forms, but it's a little easier to understand Mm -hmm. so you know with that it's starting to gather the information on all the assets and debts and then your income and then expense information Mm -hmm. so we also provide clients with a little more detailed um budget expense you know to look at than like the court might Mm -hmm. um But it's really starting to think about that information. It's also starting to think about if you guys have had any conversations, are there things you agree to already? Maybe Mm -hmm. you know we're going to split time with the kids Mm 50-50 and maybe you know what that schedule is going to look like already. And so you know, knowing that I always say to people if you have agreements on stuff already, we're not going to rehash that. You let me know what you've decided. I will then let you know are you not thinking about anything? Are there questions to ask that you maybe haven't done yet? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's just kind of being aware um, of having the information. And it can be a lot of information for people to gather statements and things like that. Luckily, at least in mediation, sometimes couples will still work together on that. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. So I always say to them, I need all the information, but I don't need you to give me the exact same statement that you gave. Right. Right. Um, So but it's just being aware of where that information is and making sure you have access to it.
0: Okay. And what about I know the cost ranges from couple to couple, Mm -hmm. but can you give me like an idea of of uh, a range of where they're going to be taking this as far as cost wise. Yeah. So I know it's less expensive than the legal it, it attorney is. fees.
1: Yes. Well, and the thing is, is you know, anytime you go to an attorney, they're going to take a retainer. Right. And I think, you know, the lowest retainers I usually see are like $5,000. Right. And right. that's just a start, right? That's mm-hmm. not going to take you through the whole process. Exactly. Um, but for us, like, you know, I said, we do everything as a flat fee and our flat fees include um, time and mediation, includes drafting agreements, court paperwork, everything from start to finish. Okay. So, you know, like you said, that's going to range. I'd say the majority of our clients kind of fall in the five to $7,000 mm-hmm. range mm-hmm. where we do have some that are less and some that are more. Um, and there are, you know, some additional court filing fees and things like that. But right. when we meet with people for a consult, I let them know, you know, these are all the costs up front. Right. And so, you, you know, they walk away knowing, okay, this whole divorce may cost us, you know, 8000 total. Uh-huh. And that's with filing fees uh-huh. and with maybe dividing retirement accounts and things like that that. And so it's helpful because they know what that looks like. Um, And sometimes there's additional cost if they need more mediation or something, but that's also in their hands. So if we say, okay, we're going to get everything done in four, two hour sessions, they know that, you know, in order for us to be productive during our sessions, Mm -hmm. there's some homework you have to do at home. Right. And I say that to people often, you know, the cost here will be less if you do more outside. Exactly. Some people want to do that and other people say, you know what?
0: I don't want to. I want to pay you to do that. Mm-hmm. And both are okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Um, so... I think you've covered all the questions I had about mediation. So is there anything you would like to add?
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, one of the big things with mediation, um, too, is that we look at it as really about a forward-looking process. Mm -hmm. And it's not about looking at the past. So I always say to my clients, it doesn't matter what happened while you guys were married. Right. That got you to this point, right? Now, there's certainly maybe emotions and things that come Mm -hmm. up during the mediation, Mm -hmm. and we we do talk about that because we understand that it's an emotional time and that's there, but it's really about how do we get you to move forward? And Mm -hmm. that can be emotionally, that can be logistically, that can be financially, and sometimes that also means working with other professionals. You know, I know we were talking about before the work you do as well as other professionals that I can say, well, you might need, you know, additional financial help. Um, And so it's helping them figure that out because they they do need to be able to move forward and Mm -hmm. you know there's many people who come into my office and do not want to be there they are not the spouse who chose to have you know get divorced Uh and they're not wanting to be there but I will say that you know once they go through the process and they get the kind of assistance that they need and do the work for themselves Uh many of them are happier than they were before they just didn't realize
0: they could be happier of course I like that I like forward thinking yeah Well, that wraps this podcast up for today. So if you'd like more information on Amanda, go to sdfmc.com or email Amanda at amanda at san sandiegofamilymediation.com. And know that all this information will be on my website, on my podcast page. As always, you can contact me at connect at indiakern.com and take advantage of my free consultation. I give you 30 minutes to talk to me and we see if we fit and then we can go from there. You have nothing to lose. Have a beautiful day and thanks for listening.